Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you? Guys, I missed you. I've been gone a couple weeks. So you're probably wondering where I've been. If you listen to the podcast regularly, hopefully you didn't think I had, um, you know, left for good. I had a very busy couple of weeks. Um, My son got married in Long Island on September 27th. So the first Wednesday that I didn't record, which would have been the 25th, I was traveling up to New Jersey and then the wedding, the rehearsal and the wedding were the next day, next two days. Then after the wedding was on a Friday, the 27th, I went back to his apartment. They went off on their honeymoon and I hung out at his apartment in Jersey City, New Jersey for a couple of days and prepped for a program, a presentation that I was giving to a company in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Their company is headquartered in New York City. But I was, um, the presentation was actually going to be in Scranton, Pennsylvania. So I hung out for, with my, at my son's place for a couple days and then drove up on Monday, uh, the 30th, I guess it was, of September, and then did the presentation on the 1st of October, drove back to my son's place, packed all my stuff up, and then flew back here last Wednesday and got in kind of late in the afternoon. My initial intention had been to still put out two programs during that time, but it was a crazy busy time. I was trying to get ready for this six-hour program, which was a new program I had never presented before. I was trying to get ready for a wedding, uh, my son's wedding, not just any wedding, and I had a lot of client projects and things to get off of my plate so that I could be away for a few days. So all of that is to say that I made kind of a last minute decision that there was no way I was going to put out two podcast episodes. I didn't have the time to get them ready. And I don't like to just throw something out there. So I wanted to give you justice, right? I And the other piece of this was that this is the 98th episode. And on the 100th episode that night, I am planning a little bit of a shindig here in Tallahassee for my friends and also people that I've asked to guest on the podcast and just have a little get together and that would have been tonight uh so if i would have done two episodes while i was gone and i could not fathom how i was going to pull that off so this way i get two weeks more to plan that get together so for all those reasons i took a couple weeks off i hope you missed me i missed you guys and i'm back and i had a different topic planned for today and then i changed my mind and the reason that i changed my mind was because because I, as I've said before on this podcast, I like to pay attention and I'm paid, I paid attention to what was going on in my brain, what I was hearing going on in my clients' brains and just people I was talking to in general, uh, people at the wedding, uh, things that I've been reading and just kind of the general ethos. And what I found was that there was a lot of conversation about boredom at work. And I could certainly identify because as I've come back from this trip, I've had my own form of boredom about my business because I had this big project I had to get ready ready for for months. And I had to do a lot of research. I had to do a lot of prep work for this new program. And that's done. And the wedding's done. And so I, I need some new goals. I'm kind of bored. And so thinking about all of that, I wanted to talk about 
kind of how does that look at work? What can you do when you find yourself bored at work? How can you counter that in ways that are effective? So we're not going to be talking today about going and getting another job. So what I'm assuming here, the, the really the focus of this podcast is you like your job, you, you're good at it and you're, you're, you're happy with it, but there's this thing that you have to do, this task that is a rote task. Maybe it takes up an hour of your day. Maybe it only takes up an hour of your month. Maybe it takes up half of your work day. Whatever it is, you're finding it quite boring. So I want to break down why that is and what you can do about it. So I think it's important to kind of start with understanding how knowledge acquisition kind of works or how learning something new works. And there's kind of four stages to this. And the first is when you are unconsciously incompetent. So in other words, you don't know what you don't know. You're not good at something and you're not aware that you're not good at it. It's not kind of in your field of vision. Here's this thing that I don't know how to do. The next step is then consciously incompetent. So this is when you begin the learning process. You become aware of what you don't know. You're still incompetent. You still don't know how to do the thing, but you're aware that you don't know how to do the thing. And then as the learning occurs, you become consciously competent, which means that you can do the thing. You are competent at it, but it's still a, it is a conscious process. It is not rote for you yet. It is not automatic. You're having to think about it. And I certainly saw that with this program that I did. So I was consciously competent. I went from, I think I was probably consciously incompetent on the project to start with. I don't think that I was ever unconsciously incompetent. Although I guess maybe I was before I thought about, you know, I should do this program. You know, what do I know about, uh, you know, it just wasn't in my field of vision. So I guess I did start with unconsciously incompetent. And this company calls and says, hey, can you do a program on active listening? And I said, sure. And at the point that I said, sure, I was still, un I was still in incompetent, incompetent. I was probably consciously incompetent at that point. I had kind of deer in the headlights, but I learned a long time ago that I always say yes and then figure out how later on. And so as I went through the materials that I found online and my own kind of iteration of those materials and just what I know, I became consciously competent. And I think that's a great place to be at when you're training because I could speak to them of here's what I learned while I was doing this, you know, training, while I was preparing this, these materials. Here's what I re really stood out to me. Here's what I, um, what I took away from it. The final stage is unconsciously competent. And this is where you've become so good at something you don't really have to think at it anymore. And I often see this with people who are quote unquote experts. And I, I am one of those in many areas of my life. And when someone asks me, you know, how do you do that? How do you do that thing? Oftentimes the answer is I just do. It's just second nature. I don't know how to explain it to you because it's become an unconscious process for me. So the point here is that if you've been doing the same task the same way for a while, you become unconsciously competent at that task. Your brain loves to be efficient. It's, it's um, one of its main kind of purposes is to be efficient at what it does. And so when you do something over and over again, your brain actually creates a neural pathway that kind of puts that information into unconscious, the unconscious part of your brain. It's very efficient, right? So you don't have to think about how to do that thing. Your brain just does it. And that's very efficient. And again, your brain likes to be efficient. So some examples of tasks that might be unconscious for you to do daily would be driving to work, maybe brushing your teeth, maybe walking your dog, maybe tying your shoes. 
So if we take your example of it's time to go to work, your brain knows what that means for you. So maybe it's grabbing the keys, going out the door, locking the door, walking to the car, unlocking the car, sitting in the seat, turning the car on, backing out of the parking space, pointing the car in the direction of work, and then making whatever turns are necessary to get to work. If you had to think about all those steps consciously every day, you wouldn't have a lot of space left in your brain to think about anything. So how many of you, and I know I'm certainly guilty of this, I've driven somewhere and I don't have any really knowledge of how I got there. It was all in my unconscious and I was off in a dreamland somewhere. I was thinking about my podcast or I was thinking about a client or I was thinking about who knows, a friendship of mine or what I'm going to do that night um, or that weekend and I'm not really thinking about the drive. So your brain isn't using bandwidth to get you to work so it's able to think about some other things if on the other hand and i've certainly been in, was in this experience a lot while i was up in new jersey i had the gps on constantly if you've ever driven in the new jersey new york long island area omg I was consciously aware, right? So I had a podcast on because I always listen to podcasts when I'm driving. And then whenever I would get, you know, off of the long stretch where it's like, you know, go 26 miles before you have to turn. And now it's going to be a series of turns. I turn that podcast off because I don't have the bandwidth to pay attention to the podcast and the GPS person. So I want all my attention on the GPS person because I don't want to make a wrong turn because it could take me a half hour to fix that problem. So I have to use all my bandwidth on getting to that place that I don't know how to get to. So how does this relate to work? So let's say you, I, I came up with the example of you work in public relations and one of your jobs every day is to scan social media, print media, whatever you look at for mentions of your employer. And you create some kind of a, a file of these notices of any, anybody that's mentioning your company. And you've been doing that task for five days a week for a year now. So your brain has become very efficient at it. You don't have to really think about the steps involved. It's all kind of rote. When you're, when you get really efficient at a task like that, it can become boring, right? So here's what's happening. First of all, your brain, if you were actually to do an MRI of your brain while you're doing that task, there's no firing going on, right? It's not really engaging. So you're not learning anything new. You're not forming any new neural pathways in your brain. So it's not lighting up. If you think about your brain as a muscle, like if you thought about it in, 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 as a parallel to your physical health, your brain at that point is not getting any exercise. It's kind of getting soft in the middle. So with all of that in mind, I wanted to give you guys some ideas. And I came up with 10 suggestions for how you can kind of shake things up so that your brain gets more engaged at work. So this is, again, assuming that this is an individual task, maybe it's a couple of tasks that you do on a daily, could be weekly, could be monthly basis, that you have found has become a boring thing for you to do. Again, we're not talking about, I hate my whole job and all of it sucks. We're talking about this thing is kind of boring. So here are some suggestions, and the first seven have to do with the task itself and how you can kind of shake that up, and then I've got three other ideas for you. So the first one I want to offer up is that you do that task, that rote task, in a different way. So how can you sequence it differently to make it more interesting so that your brain has to work a little bit harder? 
I certainly have done this with, I have, um, I have a fair amount of things that I have to put into like Excel spreadsheets. For example, I'll put um, names, people's first and last names, and, and because I'm reaching out to them on a regular basis. And this seems like a really small thing, but it, I actually will like go last name, first name, then I'll drop down first name, last name, last name, first name, first name, last name. And, and I do that not so much because it's just closer to do that. It's actually would be easier and quicker for me to do last name, first name, last name, first name, but it doesn't engage my brain and I get bored really quickly with rote tasks. So I do it that way just to shake it up. So what can you resequence about this rote task? So I have a friend who has to spend a fair amount. She works part time for a company and she right now has just been sending out hundreds of postcards mailed out postcards to people. It has to do with their insurance and their driver's license or something. And she's finding it super boring. I would too. So in that situation, you know, could she, let's just say she's putting stamps and return address labels and then she's addressing them, right? She's, and she's putting a stamp on them. So what if she decided, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to count 50 cards out. I'm going to stamp all these 50 cards first, and then I'm going to put the, I'm going to address them. And then I'm going to put the return address label, something that she's not a, a way in which she's never done it before, just to sort of fire up the brain. That's not going to give you long-term boredom relief, but it will give you short boredom relief. So the another th suggestion that I have would be to do the rote task in a different location. So what I'm talking about here is, could she take her postcards that she normally does at her desk and could she go into a conference room and do them? Could she take them outside on a nice day? Would there maybe be a picnic bench she could work at? Could she say to her boss, I'm taking 200 of these. I'm going to work from home. I will have these 200 completed when I come back the next day. Uh, so, you know, what are your options? And I really want you to think about your specific task and how these would apply to you. But is there a, a conference room or um, a, a gathering room of some sort? Could you take them to the cafeteria and do them there? The next idea that I have for you is to do the rote task at a different time of the day. So are there, is there flexibility in when you do the task? So if you've been doing them, let's say it's four hours a day and it, you've been doing it all morning long and it makes you kind of not want to get out of bed in the morning, what if you did two hours first thing in the morning and two hours at the last two hours of the day? Or could you do the two hours before lunch and the two hours after lunch? You know, that can help as well. The next idea that I came up with was to do the rote task into bite-sized chunks. So if it is time intensive, so again, if we have that, you know, maybe it's a project that takes four hours a month and it doesn't really matter when you do them and you've always done it all four hours together and that's boring you. So what if you did one hour a week? What, you know, what are the options to break up the time that you spend on it into bite-sized chunks? The next idea that I came up with was to create a challenge or a reward around the rote task. So I'm going to get this done in record time. You're going to set a timer and then when it's done, I'm going to get this kind of reward. I'm going to allow myself to go to the uh, work cafeteria and get a cappuccino. Um, so, you know, what can I reward myself? What kind of a challenge? Okay, I'm going to see if I can do this you know, two minutes quicker today and then two minutes quicker tomorrow, or it, maybe it's not a time challenge. It's some other kind of a challenge related to your, to your uh, task. But I think just those challenges really fire up the brain. 
The next thing I thought of would be to swap your task with a coworker's rote task. So let's say my friend who is addressing postcards all day long and she has a coworker who is making phone calls all day long and they're both super bored with their tasks. So what if they swapped out? Maybe not a whole day, maybe just, hey, you you make calls for an hour, I'll do I'll do your postcards for an hour and then we'll go back to our own tasks. That can really break it up. Another idea that I had was to learn something new while doing the rote tasks. So if you remember me talking about the podcast when I was in the car, love to listen to podcasts while I'm driving, as long as I'm not in an intense, you know, GPS mode where I'm having to make a series of very, um, you know, tight turns and tight moves where I'm not familiar. So if we think about that at work, if your brain doesn't have to be engaged with the postcard addressing or the social media, you know, looking for mentions of your company on social media, could you have a podcast in your ear where you're learning something new? Now notice I'm not saying having music on, which is fine, but music does not fire up the brain like learning something new. So having an educational podcast like this one or some other topic that you're super interested in where you're really having to make connections in your brain, you're, have, you're thinking about what is being said and you're making mental connections. I always think of it as being information where you have to kind of in process it and then figure out where do I put it in my brain? What filing cabinet do I put it in my brain? That's going to really engage your brain. So it's not about the task itself. It's about, hey, let's listen to something else and, and it'll kind of make the task go quicker. The next three suggestions that I have have to do with kind of other ideas not related directly to the task. So the first one would be talking to your boss about a new responsibility that will not be rote for you. So it may not be that you can get rid of that rote task, but maybe there's a kind of counterbalance of here's a new task that I really will have to engage my brain on. And it maybe it's something that you've seen around work that needs to be done and you would like to take that responsibility on. Another idea very closely related to it would be to speak to your boss about reassigning that rote task, right? So there's no harm in saying, boss, you know, I've been doing this thing for a year and, you know, I'm pretty bored by it. I don't think I'm, I'm, it's utilizing my skills to the best of my ability. And I was wondering, would I be able to swap this out, right? So is there something else I could be doing that would be a new challenge for me? And then this could be, you know, I always think about the, um, kind of the old saying, the one man's trash is another man's treasure. So that thing that I've become very bored at could be a really cool task for somebody who's just come in the company, who's just learning the ropes. You never know. You don't want to assume that because you're totally bored with it, that everybody else would be totally bored with it. And then the final suggestion that I wanted to offer up would be to use puzzles, games, and other tools to kind of engage your brain. So here's what I do in my business, because I do work alone. I work from home most days, and so I am in a very solitary environment. And particularly when I'm doing something of a more rote nature or something that is kind of paradoxically using the non-preferred part of my kind of personality, right? Like I'm doing something that's very analytical, um, I like to break it up with puzzles, right? So I have a, a series of, you know, games and puzzles, word games, number games on my phone, and I'll take a break for 10 or 15 minutes, go into another room of the house and just play a game, just solve a puzzle or something. And it's just a real magical thing for kind of resetting my brain, getting the, the neurons 
powering again before I have to go back to that thing that I don't enjoy doing or that isn't um, supernatural for me. I hope that those ideas maybe give you a way of, of approaching this boring kind of rote task that you have to do at work in a different light, in a way that maybe makes a little bit more, you know, sense for you, that makes it a little bit more interesting for you. As always, I want to be your career coach, guys. So, so let's talk about what that looks like. So I offer consult calls um, and they are free. And this is an opportunity for you to take this work to the next level. So I'm going to ask you some really pointed questions about kind of where you're at with your career management, your job search, whatever it is that's kind of going on with your career right now. Get a sense of what is this, the current situation? What do you want the situation to be? And I'm going to let you know whether I think I can help you further. So you're going to get a lot of value out of that call because you're going to get my input as we go through the call. But I also will let you know what it would look like to work further with me. So as many of you have done, you've reached out, we've had a conversation, and you've become my client. And I can, of course, support you with your marketing documents, your resume cover letter, LinkedIn profile, and your job search strategy to include interview coaching, LinkedIn coaching, um, salary negotiation coaching, the whole bit. So if that is of interest to you, the link is in the show notes to schedule a call with me. Check me out on social media, all those places I've talked about on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, as many of you have done, um, talk to me on LinkedIn, get connected on LinkedIn. And hey, rate, review, and subscribe this podcast so that we all have another 100 episodes and we'll continue to go strong and continue to win awards. See you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.